0: Let's talk about the scope of this problem. We have the poaching of the animals, the elephants and, and rhinos in Africa, and then they're sold or parts of them are sold, their tusks and their horns, mainly to China and other parts of Asia. How many animals are being killed? What are they being killed for exactly? And how much is this trade worth?
1: What you have is an acceleration of the poaching crisis, which is not necessarily new but has been accelerated given rising demand, given the industrialization of the poaching process, and the use of the poaching trade by all sorts of groups to include organized crime, militant groups, and terrorist organizations for profit. Um, This has been an accelerating problem, in part because you do have rising demand in places like China and Vietnam. And still demand in places like North America. But you also have the reality that groups have purposely entered this trade because it is so profitable, because the opportunities are there before them. And it's a trade that is fueling conflict and aiding a number of groups that present a security risk to the region and perhaps even to the rest of the world.
0: Let's talk about that angle of it because you are saying that this is actually fueling security problems because it's encouraging groups, uh, militant groups or terrorist groups or organized crime groups, to get involved in these nefarious activities because it is so profitable and I suppose not, as we can see by the result, not very well enforced any of these anti-poaching laws.
1: That's right. I I think what you have is the attractive nuisance of a trade that presents real profit, low barriers to entry, rewards those who are willing to flout the law, and certainly rewards those who are willing to outgun or outspend government forces or security around these natural resources. Uh, From the U.S. perspective, it's incredibly dangerous and damaging in that it not only foments regional instability, but it gives Uh, life and resources to groups that the U.S. knows to be problematic and dangerous. Uh, The Janjaweed militia in the Sudan, for example, which has taken advantage of the ivory trade. The Lord's Resistance Army, led by Joseph Kony, uh, wanted by Uganda, East African countries, uh, and the U.S., and hunted now for all of its human rights abuses, is now fully engaged in the ivory trade. And even groups like al-Shabaab, the al-Qaeda affiliate in Somalia, uh, has engaged in the ivory trade as part of its portfolio to add money to its coffers and, and to its budget.
0: Is there a worry, though, on your part and other experts' parts, that if this is successful, that you can crack down on this to a significant degree and cut off the funding for these groups, that they will turn to something else that is equally bad to fund their activities?
1: Well, there's no question that groups like Al-Shabaab or the Lord's Resistance Army or, or different militia groups throughout Africa have found ways to profit from the local economy or the territories they control, uh, running off in war economies to tax local populations or to take advantage of the resources in the territory they control. And so I think a, a major challenge here is that there's no question that you have to stop the ability of, of terrorist or militant groups from profiting from poaching, but you also then have to deal with the reality that they have other means of raising funds, often kidnapping for ransom, getting engaged in extortion and taxation, engaging in the mining interests, running ports or even trade-based money laundering operations as we've seen with al-Shabaab. And so there's no question that these groups adapt to the pressure that they're under I think the reality here, though, is that we have a very clear convergence of the real need to ensure that terrorist groups and militant groups at least don't have access to profits from poaching, which certainly gives them budget flexibility to be a threat in the localities in which they operate or the region or even globally. But also, we have to deal with the fact that this is a trade that is really putting at risk some important species and is accelerating the environmental crisis when we talk about potential extinction. And so there's no question that these groups will adapt and have adapted in the past, but it does suggest that we need a a more aggressive strategy getting at the finances of these groups, whether it's poaching in the first instance or other types of illicit or even very dangerous activities that they engage in to survive and to perpetuate their groups and their agendas. That's the constant struggle for those who are involved in the mission of dealing with transnational organized crime, terrorist groups, militant groups, you constantly have to pressure, deny them resources, and ultimately try to constrict their global reach. And if you can do that by taking away sources of funding, and if you can do that in this case by preventing them from profiting from poaching and also saving a species, then I think you've done something important and strategically relevant.
0: Juan Zarate, Senior Advisor at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. Thanks for joining us.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.